You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Hello and welcome back to this week's Weekly Wrap-Up here on Sprott Money News. I'm your host, Jeff Rutherford, and on the line with me today, we have our chairman, Mr. Eric Sprott. Good morning, Eric. How are you doing today, sir? Hey, Jeff. I'm well. Hope everything's well there. Indeed, indeed. So, Eric, first of all, let's take a look at a very torrid geopolitical situation in Europe. Firstly, we have the ECB giving a $60 billion emergency bailout to Greek banks. Then on the flip side of that, we have a very fiery Giannis Varoufakis, Greece's new finance minister, touring Europe, vowing to end austerity measures and renegotiate Greek debt. How do you think things are going to turn out in Europe in terms of the current situation? Things definitely seem to be quite volatile these days. Well, I think the most important thing for everyone to bear in mind is that the finance minister calls Greece a bankrupt country, point blank. And they are a bankrupt country. <laughs> and they've been bankrupt for quite a while. And by the way, they're not the only country that's bankrupt. But most companies won't, most countries won't admit it. The reason he's admitting it is because he just doesn't want to pay the debt back and would like to get some kind of forgiveness on it, which is uh, yet to be negotiated. But it looks like the uh, Greeks are going to stand kind of firm that we don't want any more money. Uh, We are broke. The only way in any bankruptcy to solve things is for someone not to get paid the debt. That's what happens in bankruptcy. And I think that's why he uses those those terms so strongly. Uh, Between that and... um, for example, the Ukraine uh, currency just fell 30% in one day. Uh, you have the euro flying up and flying down all the time. You have in Denmark, the uh, I think it's the third rate cut to defend the krone. So the currency wars are uh, going on at, at lightning speed here. All of them suggest that uh, people should own gold, by the way. I always... I don't know why people don't understand that if you're in the Ukraine today, you wouldn't have been subjected to this 30% cut in the value of your holdings. You would have held in there. And all these countries that are depreciated, whether it's Japan or the Euro, Canada, Australia, Venezuela, Argentina, many, many, many countries, it's so obvious that you should own gold to protect your wealth, not to make money, just to protect yourself. So... You look at what's going on geopolitically, and it, it, to, to me, it's a background for a lot of people um, turning to gold here. So now that we've covered Europe, let's switch over back over to the United States, where we have the CEO of Gallup, Jim Clifton, calling the U.S. government's claim of a 5.6 unemployment rate a big lie in an article on Gallup's website and catching a lot of flack for it. But at the same time, there seems to be a lot of people believing in what he's saying and embracing his thoughts on the, on the matter. So that being said, Eric, could we be seeing a shift in terms of people being a little bit more skeptical in regards to the data coming from the U.S. government and it not being as accurate as they claim to be? Sure. Well, it depends whether you're in a state of cognitive distance and you just prefer not to believe anything that's factual, but just the the mainstream media spin on things. But to uh, the Gallup CEO's point, he said that uh, we have more companies going out of business than we have going into business. And one thing, of course, that we, anybody who studies the Bureau of Labor Statistics number, they have a what's called a birth-death model, sort of the startup of new companies, and it always is a very major contributor to jobs. But if the Gallup CEO is correct, it's, it can't possibly be a contributor to jobs here because we have net uh, business closures these days. So between that and the data on um, uh, job firings uh, that came out yesterday, 
which showed a very large increase in January. And all the things we look at every day, whether it's Radio Shack going bankrupt or this guy closing a hundred stores. I mean, we, we just, if you, if you have your eyes open, you realize that the employment situation is not nearly as strong as being portrayed uh, by the various governments. So I would take all of these numbers with a grain of salt. The people behind them are trying to make us believe that things are going well, as you and I have discussed at length. As far as I'm concerned, there's no recovery going on. The only thing they keep going up is the stock market by continually printing money. And we end up, of course, in this ridiculous situation where we've got negative interest rates now. And I think last week you and I might have talked about the negative, uh, maybe not, uh, the negative mortgage interest rate in Denmark. And I'm, I'm having my a tough time getting my head around it that you could actually take out a loan and receive interest. I mean, it just, it boggles the mind as to what it's going to create. But it sure tells me that I, as a depositor, when I'm losing, you know, three quarters of 1% a day, I don't want to have my money in the bank anymore. More reason to own gold and other tangible things. So I don't believe the jobs numbers, but that's the way they are. And as we've seen here today, the job numbers are supposedly strong. They whack gold. I think it's just because they all know it's coming out at a specific time on a specific day. And uh, the guys who are short gold and silver just use it, no matter, almost no matter what it is, to hammer gold because you're trying to protect your short position. So that's the way I read the whole report. Now, switching over to gold, uh, let's talk about the amount of gold being sold in the GLD. What are your thoughts on that, Aaron? Well, literally in uh, you know up to date this year, I think they've added something like close to seventy tons, and seventy tons is a lot of gold. Uh, we mine uh, two hundred and twenty tons a month in the world. The Chinese are already buying more than that. If you annualize the first couple of weeks of the year, uh, you start adding on. I mean, God forbid that we added let's say 50 tons a month of gold into the GLD, that's 600 tons a year. That's probably a, about an 800-ton a year change from last year because we probably lost a couple hundred tons last year. I mean, an 800-ton increase in demand in a 4,000-ton market per year suggests an extra 20% increase in supply, other things being equal. And, of course, other things aren't equal. I think the Chinese will buy more this year than last year. The Indians will probably buy more this year than last year. But mining production is not going up. So where's all this gold coming from? And the fact that the investors are pouring money into the the gold trusts and the gold ETFs is going to suggest that this physical tightness that we keep expecting to manifest itself, save for central banks leasing gold, which they're not telling us they're leasing gold, uh, becomes more extreme by the day. So I couldn't be more pleased than to see theoretically the GLD buying out. And I say theoretically because maybe it's a paper transaction, but if it was the real thing, uh, that's a lot of increase in gold demand that we are seeing this year versus last year. Now, from gold, let's switch over to silver. The silver margin increases. What are your thoughts on that, Aaron? Well, I find it kind of stunning that. I mean, silver is really on its bum in a way. And, and yet, in the last two weeks, we had two, two increases in the, um, in the margin rate on silver. And it just makes me think that there's a real problem in the silver market, as you're probably aware. I think there's a short position of something like, uh, might even be something like 600 million ounces of silver. We mine 800 million ounces a year. Uh, I think demand for silver has been very resolute here. And um, the shorters, of course, who essentially, in my mind, run the COMEX, are trying to find ways to force people out of the silver market. And, and um, 
Of course, margin rate increases make the speculator put up more money, whereas the guy who's short, who's in a major commercial bank, I mean, they got unlimited amounts of money, so it doesn't bother them at all. But the speculator who's who's analyzed things and said, my, my goodness, silver's got to go up here. Of course, he gets under a lot of pressure because we've had, in two weeks, two rate increases. So I suspect that uh, there's a real tightness in silver going on. We already witnessed last year that Indian silver demand exploded. It's, it's gone up. It's, they've consumed something like an extra 25% of the silver market from uh, 2012 to 2014, and yet the price of silver went down, and it just defies any sense of logic that somebody could come in and buy an extra 25% of a market, and the price would go down. And, and I think that the, the people, the parties that are short silver are trying to create a sell-down in silver so they can cover their shorts and or raid the uh, silver trust like they did the gold trust in 2013. But um, it just reeks of something's going on in the silver market, and, and I suspect there's a huge tightness in silver, as I believe there's a huge tightness in gold. Uh, we got to get through these uh, shenanigans that go on in the COMEX, and it'll be very interesting to have these physical exchanges start up in, um, in the East. I think it's Singapore that's got a physical exchange starting up soon, and hopefully that will change the whole dynamic of who's determining the price of of the precious metals, but all the economic data, all the currency data, all the physical data, all points to one thing. It's all very, very positive for gold. So we have to uh, be patient and, and hang in there because I think a, a very large payday is coming. We've, we've been working towards this for a lot of years now. I mean, the demand numbers are absolutely staggering. And once the, the games on the paper market are over, we should see um, pretty significant rallies in the metals. Well, Eric, we're definitely holding the course and hoping things are turning out for gold and silver. And as usual, Eric, we'd like to thank you here for joining us on the weekly wrap-up, and we look forward to speaking to you in the weeks to come. Okay, Jeff, look forward to a great week. Thanks a lot. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. This is Jeff Rutherford for the weekly wrap-up here on Sprout Money News. Have a great day.